Welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast with Angela Harders. Together, we will create a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. This is the very first episode of the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, and I am so excited to share with you a little bit more about me and my family, the purpose of this podcast, and all the ways that you can get involved with the Peaceful World Schooling Movement. Are you ready to begin the adventure of a lifetime? Let's dive in. First, I wanted to share with you a little bit about myself. My name is Angela Harders. I was born and raised in the suburbs around Washington, D.C. I attended a very small Christian private school from preschool through eighth grade, and then I transferred to one of the largest public high schools in the state. Talk about culture shock. After I attended high school, I attended Liberty University, the largest Christian university in the world where in just two and a half years, I finished two bachelor's degrees with honors, one in Spanish and one in teaching English as a second language with a minor in applied linguistics. I was accepted to a teaching fellows program in Maryland where I began my teaching career teaching Spanish at a Title I high school. But I was not just a teacher. I also served as a softball coach and organized the very first international community service trip for my students to spend our spring break serving at an orphanage in Guatemala. After returning to the United States, I started working on my master's degree in bilingual education. I transferred from teaching Spanish to English-speaking students in a high school to teaching English to Spanish-speaking students in an elementary school. Once again, culture shock. I finished my master's degree with a 4.0 and shortly after I became a mom. The long unpaid hours that I put into teaching coupled with the stress of being a single mom left me feeling like I was spending more time investing in other people's children than my own. So I decided to quit teaching, move to Georgia, and help care for a family of four whose mother had suddenly passed away. While I did not make as much money nannying as I did teaching, the experience for me was absolutely priceless. I loved being able to make a positive difference for those children while also being able to spend time with my own daughter. Three years later, I got married and moved back to the D.C. area with my daughter, where I once again applied to work for the public school system. I had no intentions of ever returning to teaching, so I applied to work as a secretary at the same high school that I graduated from. After a few months, I was promoted to the school financial specialist, and eventually I was asked to return to the classroom as a paraeducator. I loved being able to leave work at work for the first time in my life. I could fully be present at school, and then I could also be fully present at home with my four-year-old daughter and my newborn son. As a paraeducator, I was assigned to an Algebra two class where I enjoyed helping special education students both in the classroom and out. But no matter how much I helped them, I felt frustrated as I watched them sleeping through some pretty amazing lessons about quadratic functions, or cheating on their homework, or skipping class for the hundredth time. It all came to a head for me when I was interviewing a student who was failing my Algebra two class in preparation for his IEP meeting. He was about 16 years old and I had to ask him about his work experience in preparation for his career planning. He told me that he had never had a job before, so I probed him a little bit more. 
Have you ever done anything to make money before? Maybe babysitting, wash cars, mow the grass, or shovel snow? He thought for a second and said, well, actually, yes. I make money by making videos on YouTube. Does that count? Really? I asked him. That's cool. What do you make YouTube videos about? For the first time in the whole interview, he smiled. I play video games. I'm sure he probably noticed my absolutely confused face, so he continued. I play video games and live stream it on YouTube, and then other people watch me play. Then YouTube pays me for however many views I get. I was still confused. Just out of curiosity, how much money are you able to make doing that? Mmm, three to four thousand, he said. My eyes got wide. Wow, you made three to four thousand dollars last year playing video games on YouTube? He chuckled. No, I make three to four thousand a month playing video games on YouTube. My jaw dropped to the floor. This 16-year-old was making more money than I was by simply playing video games on YouTube in his spare time. And yet he felt like a complete failure because he could not pass Algebra 2. I asked him more about his passion for YouTube videos, and it was a, as if I had met a kid that I had never met before. And even though I had interacted with him every single day over the last seven months, it was as if I had met him for the first time. He sat up straight and tall. He was smiling and laughing. His passion and his joy was contagious. And as he returned to class, I couldn't help but think, why in the world are we doing this? Why are we forcing kids to invest so many hours and days and months and years of their lives into learning things that have no practical value for them in their real life? I mean, when was the last time that you needed to graph a quadratic function? Around this time, my daughter also began to go to our local public pre-K program. She would come home every single day crying saying that her teacher would yell at her, the other kids would bully her, and she never wanted to go back. One day she got off the bus and told me that her wrist was hurting because her teacher grabbed her by the wrist and dragged her to time out. As a gentle parenting family, we did not believe in yelling at one another and definitely not using punishments like time out. So I decided that, last, that that day, no matter what, I was going to find a way to homeschool her and she would never be going back. Around that same time, I started reading the book Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto. I'll put a link below in the description. His book was like a punch in the gut for me. I felt as though I could have written every single page myself. He wrote about the seven lessons that every school teacher teaches. Confusion, class position, indifference, emotional dependence, intellectual dependence, provisional self-esteem, and one can never hide. I became disheartened and discouraged knowing that I was guilty of teaching my students those same seven lessons. I know that those seven lessons would cause my students great harm, but I couldn't see any other way 
because those seven lessons were the foundation, the very identity of what school meant. At the same time, I also started reading How Children Learn by John Holt. I became fascinated with natural learning, learning that was child-led and free from force or coercion. I stumbled across the term unschooling. Now, I'm not really a fan of the term unschooling because I believe that it communicates more about what we are not doing, namely school, rather than what we are doing, which is learning through life and experiencing the wonderful world around us. I wanted to come with a term that would encompass my heart as a gentle parent with my desire to view all of life as learning. And so I came up with the term peaceful world schooling. It became clear to me that creating a peaceful world is not something that I can expect others to do for me, but something instead that I must do for myself, beginning right in my own heart and home. First, I realized that I must have peace within myself. As someone who has suffered with anxiety and depression, peace was something that I longed for, but never dreamed that I could actually have. Next, I realized that if I can learn to be at peace with myself, then that peace will flow to those around me like a quiet and gentle stream. I was committed to cultivating peace in my home. And then, as we invite others from outside into our home, we invite them into our world of peace. And as I send my children out into the world, they carry with them a heart and a home that is at peace. World schooling. Many people think that in order to be a world schooler, you must travel year-round. But that's not true, although that would be pretty awesome. A world schooler is someone who views the world as the best classroom and the people and the places in it as their greatest teachers. There is something valuable to be learned from everything and everyone in this world. So I decided to give this homeschooling, unschooling, world schooling thing a try. Originally, when I first thought about homeschooling, I planned to do a more traditional style of homeschooling. I made a color-coordinated schedule for each day, 30 minutes of math, 30 minutes of social studies, 30 minutes of reading, 10 minutes of recess. Our homeschooling schedule looked very similar to the schedule that I implemented with my elementary school students in the public school. But the more that I learned about unschooling and world schooling, the more I became intrigued. I thought to myself, my daughter is starting kindergarten. Would it hurt if I do a little experiment and give this unschooling thing a try? Worst case scenario, we both hate it, and then we can just do something different next year. I took great comfort in the fact that I could try and experiment with different things, and if something didn't work, I wasn't stuck. We could always change and do something different. So my five-year-old daughter and I started unschooling officially. We lived as though school did not exist. We simply did life together. But I was nervous. I was scared. As a reading teacher for many years, I was terrified that if I did not teach my daughter how to read, then she would never learn how to read. I was also worried about what people would think of me. What would people think of the reading teacher who has a child who can't read? Could she really learn to do it by herself? 
I had heard many other unschoolers claim that children really do learn how to read as naturally as they learn to walk or talk, but I simply did not believe it. I had to test their theory and see if what they were saying was really true. Can a child really learn how to read without being taught? Can a child really learn math without being forced? I knew that in order to start this homeschooling journey, I would need to go through a process of de-schooling. De-schooling is a process by which we unlearn all that we have been taught about what learning is and what learning isn't, what learning is supposed to look like and what how learning is supposed to happen. During the de-schooling process, you live like every day is Saturday. You read together, watch movies together, do chores together, cook together, clean together, play games together, run errands together, go out together, and more. Experts recommend taking one month for every year that you've been in school in order to de-school. So in my case, because I have a master's degree, I needed to de-school for two years. I decided that I was going to go all in with this experiment. I was going to stop I was going to make an effort to stop viewing myself as a teacher, but instead I was going to shift to viewing myself as a student. I was going to become a student of my child. After all, she is the expert in her. So every day I made a conscious effort to observe her. How does she like to spend her time? How does she handle things when she gets frustrated? What motivates her? What does she enjoy doing and being? How does she learn best? I also began to ask myself, what is she truly learning? I really, really desired to view all of life as learning. And so I made a conscious effort to look for the learning that she was already doing. I began to see that when she was playing dolls, she wasn't just playing dolls. She was learning about dialogue, plot lines, taking turns, proper manners, drama, organization, sequencing, and more. When she was helping me running errands at the grocery store, we weren't just running errands. She was learning money, unit price, estimating, reading ingredients, how to make healthy choices, counting, and more. When she was at the park playing, she was learning how to make friends, how to include someone who feels left out, how to be aware of her surroundings, how to work together with others, how to test her body and her mind, how to exercise, how to explore freely, all of which are valuable lessons to learn, just as any math or science or social studies lesson. The more that I began to see all of life as learning, it was as if the stress and the pressure that I had put on myself and consequently on my daughter began to fade away. You see, when my daughter was born, we already had a solid foundation of love and connection and respect. I embraced an attachment parenting style that was different than anything else that I had seen or experienced before. As my daughter became a toddler, I embraced a gentle parenting style that again was built on a foundation of love and connection and respect, different from anything else that I had seen or experienced before. 
And now that my daughter was five and ready to officially start school, I knew that I wanted to embrace unschooling or peaceful world schooling because of the foundation of love and connection and respect. Again, her education was going to be something different than anything else that I had ever seen or experienced before. But I was faced with this strange dichotomy in my life. At home, I was embracing complete educational freedom for my daughter. But at school, I found myself being squashed by the rules and the rigidness and the rote rottenness that was eating away at the joy of the children that were sitting in the desks in my classroom. I tried my best to go against the grain. I would be honest with my students. Will you need this in real life? Probably not, but let's try our best. I would talk to them about their passions and their interests. I tried my best to make connections of real life to the things that they were learning about trapped within those four white walls. I tried my best to give them freedom as much as possible. I didn't humiliate them by writing their names on the board for bad behavior as I had in the past. I didn't make them ask for permission to go to the bathroom like a prisoner. I didn't assign them homework because I wanted so desperately to give them the gift of time. I treated them as human beings with kindness, gentleness, and respect. I saw wonder and something wonderful in each and every one of them, and I made sure that they knew it. I made it my mission to let every child that stepped foot inside my classroom know that they were loved and that they had the power to make a difference in the world, that their unique passions and interests were valuable and important. I made sure that my students knew that I cared about each and every single one of them as individuals and that I cared more about their character than any content they might learn in any classroom. They would often hear me say, what you do is a reflection of who you are, and who you are is more important than what you do. Do not focus on doing, but rather focus on being. Be brave, be honest, be kind, be responsible, be generous, be you. It wasn't long before my supervisor noticed something in me that I had always known. I have a passion for working with children and making a difference in their lives. She suggested that I get my certification in special education and return to the classroom as a teacher. I was a bit hesitant, but I finally decided that if my daughter could learn something new, then I guess I could too. So I embraced the challenge and I went for it. But then, surprise, COVID hit. I found myself trying out how to figure out how to do all these new things as a special education teacher for the very first time, while also trying to figure out how to teach online, how to use Zoom, how to create online courses, how to make a difference for high schoolers, even though I would never see their face. And while it was definitely not easy, I was thankful because COVID gave me the opportunity to teach virtually and spend more time with my children. In a weird way, COVID was kind of an answer to my prayers. As a single mother, I had always wanted to be able to be with my children, but I never imagined that it would be possible. As I finished my first year teaching special education, it became clear to me that I did not want to continue to teach or relate to children through force, coercion, 
threats, manipulation, or bribes. I wanted my students to experience what my daughter had, educational freedom. But I watched in horror as more and more freedom was being taken away, not just from them, but also from me as a teacher. School began to feel more like a prison. Everywhere I turned, I saw evidence of illogical and unnecessary control and manipulation. One-way hallways became the norm. I stared at my students with face masks on their faces. Their eyes seemed dark and empty. The apathy continued to grow exponentially. Who even cares? There was no love of learning. There was no passion for life. There was no curiosity. School had killed it all. And it was starting to kill me too. A few weeks ago, we started a brand new school year filled with more force and control and coercion and threats and manipulation. And I just could not take it anymore. I went into school on the first day for teachers without a mask, but instead I wore a big smile. That's how I wanted them to remember me. After four hours, I was sent home on administrative leave, even though my principal had a doctor's note stating that I could not wear a face covering. Now I'm facing being terminated from my job as a public school teacher. And while I may have lost my job as a teacher, I have never been more ready to invest the rest of my life into creating something new and to helping others do the same. And that is exactly what I plan to do. That is the purpose of this podcast. I want to inspire you to create something new for yourself and for your children. I want you to begin to get connected again to your own passions and dreams and to help your children do the same. I want you to look to the future with faith and not fear. I want you to take a chance at a life you never imagined could be possible. I want you and your children to be free because you are. And I want to invite you to join me on the adventure of a lifetime as peaceful world schoolers. Together, we will cultivate a peaceful world beginning in our own hearts and homes. Together, we will learn and live in love. And together, we will stand for faith and freedom. Please subscribe to my podcast as well as my YouTube channel so that you will not miss a single episode. If you would like to be a guest on my podcast, I will put a link below in the description where you can share with me a little bit more about yourself and about your journey. It does not matter if you're just starting out your journey as a peaceful world schooler or if you've been on this journey for years. I am so excited to learn with and from you. Make it a wonderful day, world schoolers, and I'll see you soon.